Welcome to Extended Thoughts Podcast. I'm your girl, Shannon Christina. This podcast seeks to challenge what we were taught to really discover how we feel, provide different perspectives while fostering transparency and self-exploration through love, compassion, and understanding. My ultimate goal is to uplift, encourage, inspire while discovering our true selves and connecting with others. Let's get into this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Extended Thoughts Podcast. Welcome to week two. That's right, week two. Let me just say week one was a success. I am, well, first and foremost, thank you all for supporting me. Thank you for liking the page. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for inboxing me or DMing me. Thank you for DMing me and telling me how much you could relate to it or how much it blessed you or encouraged you. I really, really appreciate it. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because it is so hard, so hard to put yourself out there because you never know how you're going to be received. And even though people tell you don't worry about people, sometimes you can't help but to worry about people. But I am so glad I stuffed that on faith. I am so glad for my support system that has been there since day one, making sure I don't forget about this extended thoughts podcast I am so grateful to all of you guys you know who you are I really do from the bottom of my heart I thank you all but like I said this is episode two and the title of this episode is honor thy father and it's all about forgiveness it is centered around forgiveness this is a difficult topic well I can say it was a difficult topic for me um and it took me a while it took me years guys I am what 28 it took me 27 years to be able to talk about this. I guess I can't say 27 because when I was a baby, it didn't really count. But anyway, it took me a couple of years to actually be able to even talk about this situation or this person. And just a disclaimer, this isn't to bash him. This isn't, it has nothing to do with that because I'm not even that type of person. But I do want to be transparent with you all. And I do want to share my journey with you all and just let you know that you know forgiveness is possible it is a journey it is a work in progress it is not a cookie cutter one size fit all formula but if you become dedicated and you set your mind to actually forgiving someone it can actually happen and um as we go on in this podcast you'll understand why I chose the title well I didn't choose this title the title chose me That's so corny. Anyway, no, but seriously, I was sleeping and I really, I'm going to say, I feel like God dropped this in my spirit and I'm so churchy, but I really, really do because I was not thinking about this man. I was not thinking about anything. I was sleeping, y'all. I was sleeping, but I could not like fully rest because I kept hearing honor thy father, honor thy father. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it all ties in. And at the end, well, towards the end or the middle of the podcast, you'll see why I chose this title and um, why the theme is forgiveness. So if you don't know, now, you know, I'm going to start with an inspirational quote and the inspirational quote that I found, I actually discovered in the beginning of my journey of forgiveness. All right, guys. And it's by Alex L., You'll hear me mention a lot of Alex L because her work for me is really inspirational and it provokes me to really think about things. So I really do appreciate her work. So I will reference it often, but um, I'm going to get to this quote. So it says, I am whole, even in the midst of struggles and hardships that feel they can break me. 
I am learning that even during moments of adversity and confusion, I still have the power to own my own journey and heal. Being ashamed of my truth isn't an option. My stories are mine. I will not be ashamed of my path or the thing that threatens to shatter me. I am stronger than my hurt. Now guys, I chose this quote because like I said before, in the beginning of my journey, um, it was something, it was like the first quote that I stumbled upon and it really made me think. And the title, Honor Thy Father, just seems wild, right? When it came to me, I was, it was like impossible. Like, how can I honor him? Like, what? But I really sat with it. So just bear with me. I promise it will all hopefully make sense. Now, just a disclaimer, forgiveness isn't a one size fit all topic, but this has been my experience with one of what I should call a difficult situation. So here's just the backstory. So during the pandemic, I really wanted to take advantage of the isolation. I wanted to work on me. I wanted to get Shannon together. (sighs) Guys, I really wanted to get myself together. I didn't want to exit the pandemic the same. Pre-pandemic, it was easy to sweep things under the rug and when it would display, I would deal with it just enough to temporarily feel better. It was nothing to fill my day with tasks to keep me busy so I didn't have to dwell or deal with the pain. I actually worked two jobs and I would leave my house at 6.30 in the morning and I would get home close to midnight if not by midnight. My schedule was packed, like packed, packed, packed. So on top of me being busy, I was exhausted. So even if I wanted to do it, I couldn't stay awake long enough to do so. But during this pandemic, when everything for me slowed down, I made a plan. I made a conscious decision to be better. To start, I decided to analyze the different parts of my life. And as much as I love the idea of family, growing up, it was always just my mother and I. And of course, we had extended family and I was close to my grandmother on my mom's side. It was still just us. I knew who my father was, but he wasn't present. And I actually like I hated him for it. And I know hate is a strong word, but I did. I knew the basics about him as much as my mom could share, of course. So I knew he was from Jamaica. I knew he had siblings. I knew he always had a job and he would work. I knew he had a great work ethic. I also knew that he didn't smoke or he didn't drink, but I <laughs> but he was a liar. My mom always say that. Your father don't smoke, your father don't drink, but he's a liar and he loved women. That's what she would always say. So he came around here and there, but for the most part, like dude was invisible. I literally remember a couple of encounters with him during my childhood. He could have been present for more, but I really can't recall. Um, But the time that I hate to remember was my fifth grade year. That year was super hard for me, guys. It was super hard. I had a lot going on. So during that year, I was sexually molested by a teacher. I was in therapy. I was in and out of lawyers' offices. And I already built resentment for him not being there just in general. But that year was literally the icing on the cake. And on top of that, I was preparing to to get skipped to the seventh grade. Yes, I got skipped from the fifth grade to the seventh grade. So like I said, that year crazy year. I know. But what I remember most about that year was that it was also the last time I saw him during my childhood. So he showed up at the end of the fifth grade year, um, like a day or two before graduation. And my mom invited him to graduation and he came. And, you know, the next day he was supposed to take me shopping to buy me a graduation gift. My mom got me dressed. He never showed up. So literally that was the last time in my childhood, like lifespan that I can remember actually seeing him. So I'm pretty sure if you grew up in church or even if you didn't, you've heard this saying that can be found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. (laughs) Shout out to my church for, you know, always encouraging me to find scripture for everything. 
But the scripture says, Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. I would usually hear my mom say this when she is like popping me in my mouth. Um, I wasn't a rude kid. I just felt like she just misunderstood what I was saying. Or sometimes, you know, she didn't say, you know, whatever. She didn't think what she was saying through. So I questioned it. And when I said it, it just sounded like I was trying to be smart. But in all actuality, I was just saying what you said. So... But we're going to leave that right there. Anyway, so I remember, you know, there was a time that I said something. She popped me and we were in the house and she made me go in my room, get my Bible, my children's Bible that I actually still have today. And she made me turn to Exodus 20 verse, what was it? 12? Yeah, 20 verse 12. And she made me read that scripture until she told me to come back in her room. And she said, when I call you back in this room, you better know the scripture by heart. (laughs) And let me tell you, my mother was not playing y'all. Like I really had to learn that scripture by heart. So the scripture didn't mean much back then. I got the gist of it. I know she wanted me to honor her. And and if I didn't honor her, basically like my days were going to be cut short. And it was kind of like, if you want to live, you better honor me. Got it. Got your point period. You don't gotta say nothing else. But I grew up knowing that I had to respect my mom. I grew up knowing that I had to respect other adults. But when it came to my father, guys, it was a whole dub. Like, I couldn't even imagine my mom asking me to respect him. And even though it was never a conversation of if I had to respect him or not, I just knew we were all on the same page. (laughs) Like what? So as I begin to grow up, I would question that scripture because I'm like, you know, how am I supposed to honor a father who hasn't been there, who didn't even know me, who didn't even feel like I was worth staying for, right? That didn't sit right for me, sit right with me. And it didn't make sense. So when I think of the word honor, I think of the word respect. Technically, the Bible is telling me to respect my father. What? That's wild. That's wild. Um, According to Webster's Dictionary, honor means to regard or treat someone with admiration or respect. Beautiful definition, right? Of course. How was I supposed to treat someone who didn't stay with admiration and respect? What was it to admire? Like for real? Or respect? Now let's fast forward, right? I'm going to skip us to maybe 2016, 2017, or 2018 because I'm not completely sure. But somewhere around those years... What I do remember is that I'm in my classroom and I'm setting up for a new school year and I get a call from my mom telling me that my father came by our apartment. Now, I'm just going to put a pin there. He came by the apartment that we lived in for years. When he met my mom, she was in that apartment. When she had me, she was still in that apartment. I didn't leave that apartment until I was about 25 years old. All right cool so he showed up to that same that uh, very apartment right and um, my mom told me that and immediately I was pissed I didn't want to talk to him I didn't want to meet him and I didn't feel like I had to so during that time um it was a lot to take in I had to take a break from work because I was like visibly overwhelmed I was emotionally overwhelmed I was mentally overwhelmed I was just all of the overwhelms you could be at the same time and I remember leaving the building calling um my best friend at the time and I told him what just happened and I don't remember his exact response but I do know that whatever my decision was he was going to support it but I think he did encourage me to speak to him even if it was just to share my part or get stuff off my chest because he knew that my father not being there did hurt me and um he wanted me to be free so You know, he encouraged me, but he didn't force me. He didn't pressure me. And it was kind of like, whatever you choose to do, I'm here for you. I realized that it 
seemed easier to stay mad at my father because if I stayed mad at him, I was able to keep him away. But with much convincing and prayer, I decided to speak to him because I'm grown. How hard could it be, right? At this point, you don't have a reason to leave. You don't have a reason to run away because the hardest part, which is like raising kids and providing for them and, you know, fostering and nurturing their emotional, you know, and physical and all that other stuff, like all that, all that stuff is gone because I'm an adult. I am grown. I have a job. I'm done with college. I have loans under my name. Not something I'm proud of, but like I'm done. Like your name is not attached to any of this. So all you literally have to do is just be there. Like, you don't have to father me, just be there. That doesn't seem too hard, right? Well, during our meetup, he told me I had 11 siblings, and I was shocked, (laughs) because I went from being an only child to finding out I had 11 siblings. It was wild. And that he wanted me to connect with them. He showed me pictures, and I remember, because it made me feel super uncomfortable, because with all of the sliding he was doing on his Android phone, It's like, bro, you have all these pictures of all your 10, 11,000 kids, but you don't have one of me. You don't know what I looked like at the age of five. You don't know what I looked like at the age of 10, what I looked like when acne started to hit my life. You don't know any of that. But you had all these pictures, all these slideshows of all your other kids. Cool. I felt away, y'all. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I felt away. So him telling me he wanted me to meet these kids who had the honor to be in his phone, I wasn't with none of it. I was not with none of it. I was so bitter. I didn't even think, I couldn't, like, I honestly couldn't stomach the fact that, or I couldn't stomach knowing that he was possibly there for them and he chose not to be there for me. And then he told me that I I had an older sister. So I am the second oldest. So he told me I had an older sister who was a year older than me and he wanted me to speak to her. And, you know, I was very adamant about like, bro, I barely want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to anybody else related to you. I really didn't let up and I really didn't want to meet her. And a lot of that was because I found out with him talking about her that she only lived in Brooklyn. And I'm like, well, I lived in the Bronx at the same exact location. My number has been the same for years. And you didn't even like attempt to come and see me. And he was able, like while we were talking, he started to like tell me so much about her and you could tell that he was very proud of her but in my head is like how could you sit here and rave to me about another girl who's only a year older than me who only lived at max maybe an hour away from me how could you know so much about her but know nothing about me and then on top of that he had the audacity I guess I shouldn't call it audacity, but whatever. He had the audacity to say, oh, guess what? You're going to be an auntie. I said, impossible. How? How? Because I'm the only child. I am the only one mom of the head. There is no way in heaven or earth that I'm going to be an auntie because I don't have no siblings. I wasn't claiming these kids, y'all. I was super, super bitter. And it wasn't fair to my sister. It wasn't fair to the rest of my siblings. But I was mad that he was there for her based on what he shared. But it was like, yo, bro, like you really was there for her. And you know so much about her. But you probably don't even know my birthday. Like, you don't even know if I'm allergic to anything. So he gave my sister my number, despite my wishes. And she reached out to me. Now... I'm gonna let y'all know. I was super mean to her. I was cold. I didn't desire a relationship, but she didn't give up. And today I'm really grateful that she didn't because, you know, I really do appreciate the relationship we have now. And um, 
at the time he was right she was pregnant so she gave me a nephew and she gave me a niece and later on I'll have her you know come on and talk about it because I'm pretty sure her experience was different um well I'm I'm pretty sure I know her experience was different than mine and we never really sat down and spoke about you know how he told her about me or just her experience with learning that she has all these siblings and she's the oldest so I'm pretty sure that's an interesting story so I'll bring her on soon but let me tell you I tried so hard y'all despite how I was feeling despite how inadequate I was feeling I tried to mend this relationship with this man the only expectation I had for him honestly was for him not to let me down again and he did he dropped the ball and this time it broke me I lost it and I cried and I cried and I cried because it was like it took me so long to even get to the point to want to speak to you again I told you how I felt about you I was very honest about everything and it's like all I all I said was like yo you got it easy all you got to do is be here like I'm grown now and you couldn't even do that so I became super bitter and I promised myself I would never, ever, 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 ever hear me guys, never, ever give him another chance. So we met up, we got, I, I met up with him because I just wanted to tell him one last final time how him not being present really affected my life. But that conversation went left and it went so left that I found myself hopping over the table to fight him, right? But whew, I didn't, guys, I didn't. My best friend at the time, he was there. He pulled me back, told me to get in the car, but it got really, really bad. So the next morning, um, after all that commotion, I remember sending a very nasty text to him. And this text was rooted in bitterness. It was rooted in um, just just nurtured in hatred and, and anger and resentment. So it was a very harsh text. And I remember listing out all of the events in my life, all the milestones that he missed and how much I was able to accomplish without him being there. And I went on to assure him that I will continue to be just fine. I then proceeded to let him know that I will get married without him. I will receive my master's without him. I will have my first child without him and so on and so forth. And guys, this last part, I'm super embarrassed to even repeat it, but I promise to be transparent and I am. So this last part of the text message is, this is how I ended the message. I said, even on your deathbed, don't reach out to me. I want nothing to do with you. And I continue to say like, you'll die knowing that I hate you. <laughs> it was that bad. It was bad guys. And it was that moment I realized how hurt and how bitter I was. And how I let this hurt live in me for way too long. But I ain't have time to dwell on that. I had to dry my tears. I got up. I went out that day. And I tried to enjoy my day. Now, time passed. And I honestly, I just wasn't ready to deal with it. I was super busy. I decided to consume myself with the hustle and bustle of life. You know, like I said, I was working two jobs. I was in this group. I was singing with this choir. I was going to this rehearsal. I was doing this. You know, I was traveling. I was living my best life. So I thought. And in reality, all I was doing was burying the hurt and the pain. I was just burying the hurt and pain behind like temporary fixes in a sense. So, so during the pandemic... I realized that I had nothing but time and my thoughts. And I realized that I had to deal with this because everything stopped. Like I was no longer going here, there and everywhere because the world was shut down. I was working from home, but only like three days a week. So I had time to really just 
really self-reflect and I decided to try to tackle it. I didn't feel like I was going to be successful, but I wanted to make an attempt and I made a choice to try to forgive him. And I say try because I really wasn't sold on it. So choosing to forgive. So there were three major steps I took on this pathway to forgiveness, y'all. And this ain't Bible. This is just my pathway. And this is just what I realized. And, you know, so don't take it as Bible. But the first thing I had to do was figure out what forgiveness was. But equally, I know I needed to know what forgiveness wasn't. Because I feel like oftentimes... We paint this picture of forgiveness and it's just not realistic. Like, especially as Christians, like I feel like we're expected to forgive and now be buddy buddy with the person when in reality, that's not what it means and that's not what it requires. And I don't have to rekindle a relationship with you just because I forgive you. And just because I don't rekindle a relationship with you doesn't mean I I, I haven't forgiven you. I just really needed to understand for myself, not what people think, not what people feel, what forgiveness is. And I also wanted to know what forgiveness is not. Within me doing my research, and let me tell y'all, I was looking at the Bible, I was just searching stuff on the internet, and while searching, I came across this definition, and it really did make me stop. So the definition of forgiveness, um, it said that forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards a person or a group who has harmed you, regardless of if, whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Now, as a believer, I really couldn't help but think about you know, our father God, he has forgiven us of our sins, sins that we've already committed, sins we're gonna commit, and he doesn't hold it against us. And I know that there isn't anything I can do in my own strength or power to actually deserve his forgiveness, yet he chooses to forgive me. And for that, I'm so grateful. But I also know that I'm not Jesus. But in retrospect, isn't the goal to be more Christ-like? So yeah, right there, I was convicted. So I realized that by me choosing not to forgive, in a sense, I felt like I had leverage. I was able to um, have some sort of control. And by forgiving him, I was willingly forfeiting that leverage that I felt I had. Now, of course, I don't have to let you back in my space, but this also meant that I could no longer walk around saying that you're dead because I used to tell people he died. And that also meant that I could no longer punish or push my siblings away for my father's irresponsible choices. And honestly, guys, that scared me. So the second thing I realized or I learned was that for what forgiveness was not. So forgiveness is not denying that the offense happened or denying that it hurt. I realized that I had to face the, the hurt and I had to face the funk in a sense. I realized that I was dealing with rejection, low self-esteem. I realized that I questioned my self-worth so many times. And if you can recall... I even said earlier that I felt like he felt like I wasn't worth staying for. And 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 that was just me, that was just me questioning my self-worth in a sense. And the list could literally go on, but most of all, I was angry that my mom had to work so hard to raise me by herself. I felt like she should have never had to do that because they both made a decision to do what they did and he took the opportunity to to not man up and walk away and he left her to do this parenting thing by herself. And she did. She did it. Ma, you did a great job. Okay, girl, you did a great job. But it's really unfortunate and like, it really does bring me to tears that she had to raise me by herself. Like, and she never let me see her struggle. But as an adult, I know how hard it is to take care of me and to take care of Benji, which is my son, aka my puppy. 
Well, maybe he's my puppy, aka my son. I know how hard it is to take care of us. I can only imagine how difficult and how challenging it is to take care of a kid. And my mom had me in private school, guys, from as long as I can remember. I remember I remember when I got to high school, she gave me the opportunity to choose if I wanted to go to private school or if I wanted to go to public. And I chose public. I wish I would have stayed private, but that's a whole different conversation for a whole nother day. But imagine like putting your kid through private school from pre-k all the way up until eighth grade like that's a lot of money and she did it all by herself and my mom was a stay-at-home mom she had her businesses but she was home so she made me breakfast every morning she prayed with me on my way to school when I came home she had dinner ready so my mom was present but and and like as I got older and I realized that some of my friends didn't really see their mom as much. I realized how blessed I was. But it, it was also very heartbreaking because it's like, yo, she had to do all of this without help. You know, like, of course, she had her own village. But it's like, bro, you should have been there. And that just didn't sit right with me. You know, so I blamed him for having for her having to raise me alone. The third pivotal moment for me was when I realized that forgiving him was less about him, but more about forgiving myself. I had to forgive myself for thinking I wasn't worth staying around for. I had to forgive myself for excusing people who chose to walk out on me. I had to forgive myself for settling for relationships and friendships that didn't serve who I am as a person. I had to forgive myself for doubting how loved I am. I had to forgive myself, guys, for rejecting myself, for counting myself out, and for projecting all of who my father wasn't on me. This took time. It took so much time. And ever so often, I have to actually like go back over these points in my head because like I said, like it's a process for me. It's a journey and it's uncomfortable, but I am dedicated to becoming and blooming into a better me. So now we're moving on. I'm getting this forgiveness thing down pat. And since the last situation I told you about, about my father, between my father and me, when I wrote him that really nasty text message, he found his way back to come back around. So in August, um, I decided to move into a new apartment and he wrote me offering me his help. In general, it's super hard for me to accept help from people who I know care about me. So initially, number one, I didn't even want to respond, but I was also quickly reminded of my choice to be better. So I decided to respond. And even though I wanted to bring back all the times that he made promises that he didn't keep, I held my tongue. In that moment, I decided to respect and honor him. With preparing for this podcast and like really meditating on that scripture, I had to learn that honoring him does not necessarily have to look like what it would look like for my mom. Like, it's not gonna look the same. I reflected on some interactions and I realized that there were times in which I did choose to honor him that I was unaware of. So my choosing to honor him was me not treating him like he treated me. Yeah, I could have gave him a fake address. I could have been like, meet me here. And he could have wasted his time if he actually decided to show up, but I didn't do that. I gave him the actual address and I kinda had a plan B. I was like, if you show up, you do. If you don't, then, oh, well, I'm not going to let you stop this show. And um, just to let you guys know, he did show up and I was super surprised. I was super shocked. A part of me was proud. And I was like, maybe he got it. Like, maybe he's finally understanding. Maybe he's finally seeing. And when he came, all I can remember him 
doing is thanking me for giving him another chance. You know, he helped me move in. He painted my house. He bought everyone food. He was, he bought me housewarming gifts. He was very lovely that day. And he even came back the next day and he gave me money. He gave my mom money. And this was not a guy that I knew. So I was definitely taken off guard and I was but I was still very defensive in October he was diagnosed with colon cancer and honestly guys I didn't know how to feel of course I don't wish cancer on anybody but I was battling so many emotions at the same time simply because you know this is my father so I'm supposed to feel some sort of like oh no like how could this be happening but in the same breath I was like I don't know you so like I feel bad for you but like I can't, I can feel but so bad in a sense. And like, it sounds terrible, but it's the honest truth. And I remember when he showed me the paperwork, he asked, could I not tell Tiffany? He didn't want me to tell my sister. And I didn't understand why he didn't want me to tell her. You know, when he first asked me, I became silent. And then he asked me again. And I was just like, I guess, like, I'm not going to say nothing. If you don't want me to say nothing, I won't say anything. And I could have easily just told him I wasn't going to say nothing and then say something to her and tell her not to say nothing. But I, I gave him my word. And because I gave him my word, I made a conscious decision to keep it. I wanted to treat him differently than he treated me. And in that moment, I realized I chose to honor you. I chose to respect you because I didn't have to, but I made a decision to because I'm dedicated to being a better version of myself. I honor him by giving him very clear boundaries and consequences. I also honor him by stopping the cycles. I realized early on that he would make promises that he didn't keep. He would say things that he didn't follow through on. And I was like, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be that person. So I pride myself on keeping my word. I pride myself on if I'm agreeing to do something or be somewhere that I'm going to do something and be somewhere. And if I can't, then I'm going to say something. I'm not going to just not show up. I also honor him by being a good person who chooses to bring honor and glory to God by showing the love of Christ. So while I'm doing my best to honor my father, I have learned that it does not mean I always include him or invite him in my space to the point that I exclude my own mental and even physical health. I do what I can, but I also have limits and boundaries and it's for my own protection. I do not have all the answers, guys. I really don't. And forgiveness, like I said before, isn't a one-size-fits-all, but I encourage you to start on this path of forgiveness. I do believe that by me being willing to forgive him, I've learned ways in which I can honor him. It might not mean much to him, but it means so much to me. So please take a moment and ask yourself, what am I holding on to? What steps can I take to free myself from this? And what do I need to accept in order to heal? Feel free to answer these questions and start a conversation with someone you trust or just with yourself because I started with myself and then once I felt comfortable enough and I was strong enough to actually have a conversation about what I was holding on to and what steps I can take and what I need to accept in order to heal, then I was able to have a conversation with trusted individuals. And let me tell you, I felt so much better because they provided perspective They didn't try to tell me how I should feel. They didn't try to tell me how I should handle this, but they encouraged me. They gave me the word. They prayed for my heart. They prayed for me. And I really appreciated um, everything they did because they understood how dedicated I was to being better. But, you know, I understand this is only the first step of many, but remember, you got this. So that is all I have 
when it comes to this topic and I'm pretty sure there's going to be a part two with my sister um I would like to end every podcast with a positive affirmation so today I affirm I deserve abundant joy despite the pain I felt in the past for listening please share subscribe rate review and follow me on instagram at extended thoughts that is i-k-s-t-e-n-d-e-d thoughts and you can also follow my personal page at underscore underscore shannon christina underscore underscore that is s-h-a-n-n-o-n-c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-a have a great day and thank you again for listening